What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, have you heard about our World Golf Tour Challenge? It's pretty awesome, and it's really fun, and it's easy. So if you haven't done it yet, go to freewgt.com and download the app. Once you download it, hop on there and go into game modes. Use the closest to the whole challenge. Go to Wolf Creek and play hole number one, and then send a screenshot of your best shot at BSN Broncos on Twitter. And if you're the closest, you're going to win. And if you don't win this week, well, just keep playing because if you participate every week, you're going to have a chance to win the grand prize, which is tickets to a game or a jersey of your choice. Pretty awesome thing. And all you got to do is play a fun game. So do that. All right, let's jump into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the courage from my high. Best part of the weekend Hugging a perfect stranger Cause they become a friend Having a good time when the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in every day with the good folks down at BSN Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg here riding solo with you today. Zach is out and and I feel comfortable sharing this with you guys because he just shared it on Twitter. Uh, his girlfriend's mom uh, is having a heart transplant surgery today. So uh, we're obviously sending all sorts of thoughts, prayers, good vibes, whatever it is that you do, let's send that to Zach uh, and his girlfriend and, and their family there. Uh, really hoping everything goes smoothly and and uh you know this can be a huge blessing for them so uh, with that said we're thinking of you zach we love you and uh uh, let's do a podcast today i'll be solo uh so maybe we're a little bit shorter than normal but of course we'll get to all your questions as always where i want to start today is with jake butt and it's a really unfortunate situation that's gone down with him since he got here and it's only taken another turn for the worst here today. After Jake went out and had a really awesome performance there in the preseason game on Saturday, and, and yeah, it was just two catches for 17 yards, nothing that's going to make you jump out of your chair and go crazy, but for him to finally get back out there after everything that he's done was great to see. And then he produced on top of it, which was also great to see. But then there's the bad news. He misses practice yesterday, and they tell us, well, Vic Fangio tells us, hey, he's just a little bit sore. We plan to give him an extra rest day after the game. Okay. Well, when asked if he's going to practice today, Vic Fangio said no. And when pressed on it a little bit more, Vic went on to say that he is going to miss some time. So that means a couple things. It means, one, that the Broncos – could move on from Jake Butt. They'd probably have to come to a little bit of an injury settlement, save some money, and just say, you know what? We tried. We went through this a lot of times. Let's let it go. And that's a possibility, especially here in the NFL. You know, no one's going to feel bad for you for too long, especially when they got to pay you money. And Jake Butt is due about $650,000 this year if he does play. And as we know, he just hasn't been able to produce. The other side of it is that he could go on IR, and if he was to go on IR now, he wouldn't be able to come back 
at all during the season. But if the Broncos were to wait until Saturday after they set their 53-man roster and then move him to IR, which means they would have to cut somebody that they would probably eventually want back, uh, they could do that, and then they could bring him back halfway through the season. And for me, that's what I think is the best option here. Look, I've heard it. You know, fans, media, people are are sick and tired of, of kind of getting their hopes up about Jake Butt and then having him deal with another thing. And, and maybe there is a situation where it just doesn't work out for him in the NFL, and it's not, he wouldn't be the first who simply couldn't stay healthy. This is a brutal game. And it takes a massive toll on your body. And maybe in the end, it just wasn't there for Jake Butt physically. But to me, I come back to one thing. And it's the lack of one, really, depth at your tight end position. But more than depth, because they do have players who could play. More than depth, I come back to ceiling. For Noah Fant, he has a very, very high ceiling. He is a guy who could, you know, go on to be a really productive tight end in this league. Below him, you've got Jeff Hireman, who we pretty much know what Jeff Hireman is at this point. He is a solid kind of hybrid blocking, pass catching tight end, maybe more on the blocking side. And he is good in that aspect of the game. Not going to blow you away. And for Troy Fumagalli, I kind of feel the same way. While we don't know quite as much about him yet, I think he's going to be a guy who can be a solid two-way tight end and someone you would want as a depth piece on your team he can contribute he can make plays for you once in a while and he can block a little bit but after that it's like what are you looking forward to what are you excited about in this room and and, and it's only Noah fan so for me while it's not my money I can say that $650,000 is a risk worth taking to just see it out with Jake Butt. And what I would do is put him on the IR, shelve him for a bit, and and just make sure he's completely healthy. Because I think where this whole thing went wrong was when Jake Butt, in my opinion, rushed back for training camp. I think he could hear the outside noise, which was, well, Jake Butt's never going to be healthy, and et cetera, and et cetera, and you, know, you can't count on him and whatnot. And he wanted so badly to prove to everyone that he can do this, that he was going to be ready for training camp, that he could come out, that he could make plays right away and earn a spot on this team from day one in camp. But I just – I don't think he was ready because, what, only a few days later we had the same thing where he practiced a few days, it swelled up on him, he's sore, and then you're back – it's almost like you're back to square one trying to finally get healthy. So for me, I put him on that IR and I just sit him down because to me right now it's – okay, he's up, and then he's down, and then he's up, and then he's down. And I don't think he's giving himself mentally enough time to completely recover. He wants to be out there so bad. He loves this game so much. He wants to earn this spot so badly that whenever he thinks it feels good, he wants to give it a go. And maybe it's only a 90%, but, you know, that's good enough for him to give it a go. Put him on IR, and then you instantly take the time pressure off of him. He doesn't have to feel like I got to get back tomorrow. He knows I got to sit down for at least six weeks before I can even start practicing again. So let me do anything and everything I can to get to 100%. And heck, if he's not at 100% halfway through the season, then just continue with him on IR, give him one more chance next year. And if again, he simply can't stay healthy, that's when I move on. 
Um, maybe I'm giving him too long of a leash here, and I'm sure there are some of you out there who are saying, you know what, it's not worth it to hang on anymore. But again, I just come back to that, to that ceiling thing. He's the only one other than Noah Fant where I truly see a, a high ceiling there. He even flashed it in the limited action the other night. He can be a playmaker for you. He, he was a huge playmaker in college, uh, and, and it just sucks that he had that injury at the very end there because it's really changed his whole, his whole life. Uh, he plays in that bowl game. He tears his ACL. He falls in the draft, and he comes back, does it again, and it's just, it's just a shame because Jake Butt's an awesome dude. He's a hell of a competitor. He loves football. To this day, he'll tell you that he doesn't wish that he didn't play in that game because he would never pass up on an opportunity uh, to be out there with his brothers on the field. And and he's almost said that all of these injuries have even uh, uh, multiplied his conviction and why he played in that because he knows what it's like to not be out there with his guys even more now. And that's something that's super, super painful for him. So... For me, I'm not pulling the cord on Jake Butt yet. I think I used that IR designation to get him shelved and make sure he gets fully healthy rather than feeling like he has to try and make the 53-man roster, which he, you know, I understand that pressure and I understand why the Broncos would want him to prove it. To me, I've seen enough upside. I've seen enough there to just say, you know what, shelve him, give him tons of time to recover, make sure he's 100%, and then move on. And as we move on here, some other stuff from Vic Fangio at practice today. Uh, he said he hasn't yet decided what quarterback is going to start the game on Thursday. I, if I had to guess, it would be Kevin Hogan because of this. He said that both are going to play. And I actually saw an opportunity here for them to maybe just say, you know, we're going to give Brett this entire game. Uh, and I wouldn't have uh, disagreed with that situation because to me – Unless you are already set on going out and getting a veteran quarterback at you know uh, at the cut day, or maybe it's Brock Osweiler, maybe it's someone else out there uh, that you could go and get. Unless you're set on that, are you really you know if you're gonna keep Kevin Hogan, is it worth it to you to take the risk of now him getting injured? You've already had one backup quarterback go down, which derailed your entire plans for the preseason, in my opinion. Now, if you were to lose Kevin Hogan, well, now you're, you're forced to make a move. If you, if you shelve Kevin Hogan for this game and just say, go out and get it, Brett, well, then you, 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 know, you guarantee yourself that you're going to have a clear-minded decision to make. Did we like what we saw from Kevin, or do we need to go get a veteran? And I don't think there's anything Kevin Hogan can do in this game that's going to make you change your mind. So, for me... I would have gone just Brett Rippon, give him the whole game. Because Kevin Hogan is going to play, I think he starts the game. You pretty much see a similar, or maybe he plays one and and Brett gets three. But I think because he's going to play, he's probably going to start. As we move on here, pretty interesting stuff from three very, very respected coaches in this league and, and, and three very very respected offensive minds I tweeted this out last night so maybe you already saw it but it was a article in ESPN.com in which they spoke with Sean McVay Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur 
basically three guys who are the very uh, you know, epitome of what a lot of teams were looking for this offseason, which is the young, flashy offensive coordinator, uh, you know, who can invigorate your team and, and kind of give you a young feel. And so you had LaFleur, you had McVeigh, and you had Shanahan. And they were asked which coach's defense is the toughest to read and attack. And each and Every one of them, all three of them, said the same guy. It was Vic Fangio. I'll give you a a little piece here. Here's from McVeigh. He said, for us, I think Fangio and the Bears did an outstanding job of a sound scheme with versatility mixed with great players. Nice compliment. Not the best one, though. The best one probably comes from Shanahan, who says, my hardest has probably always been Vic Fangio. He always does so many things in his personnel groupings that he puts you in a bind with protections. He ties a lot of stuff together. Playing against him, I feel like the packages are very similar to how I would think. Bill Belichick is very similar. They do it in a different style. They, know, they don't just run their defenses. They figure out what you're doing, and then they think about how to stop what you're doing. And that's very similar to how I am. I don't just run my offense. I have no idea what I'm going to call until I know what defense I'm visualizing and trying to attack. It's fun. That's high praise. And the last one's from LeFleur. He says, there are so many guys and every system is different, but I look at Vic Fangio. Just the fronts and the multiple looks you get from him. That's incredibly difficult. And then he goes on to talk a little bit about Indianapolis last year. But, man, for those three guys to all say Vic Fangio has to get you excited as a Broncos fan. That has to have you feeling good about where this team is going with Vic Fangio and what this defense can be. And I I keep coming back to it. I truly believe this defense is a top five, top three, top two. And I'm predicting it to be the best defense in the NFL this season because of the combination of, yes, what Vic Fangio brings to the table, but also the talent that this defense has. Beyond Bradley Chubb, beyond you know Von Miller, beyond Chris Harris Jr., guys who who have been here, you now bring in Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson, two really really solid secondary pieces, and I think that was the icing on the cake for what they're trying to do here. Because as we know, it's a chicken and egg thing with outside linebackers, or I should say, pass rushers, and the secondary. You can't have one without the other. They the two don't mesh. If you if you can't get any pass rush. Well, the guys in the back are going to get beat. If you can't cover, the guys that are rushing the passer can't get there. The Broncos this offseason, to me, went out and said, okay, Roby was probably our uh, the, maybe not the biggest weakness of the defense, but the one who, who made it difficult for them to do what they were doing. And, and not just Roby, I guess just the depth. You know, Tremaine Brock never really came together. Pac-Man Jones never really made a lot of plays for you. Isaac Yadam was still young, still too fresh. And so they went out. And they got Bryce Callahan. And I think Bryce Callahan is a very clear and immediate upgrade over what Bradley Roby is doing. Then you add in Kareem Jackson, who, yeah, it certainly looks like he's mostly going to play safety now. But he is um, a Swiss Army knife in the sense that he can go and play nickel. He can go play outside corner if you need him to do. There's a lot of different things he can do. You add those two guys to the secondary. uh, And that just completely transforms what you're able to do in terms of rushing the passer and let's not forget about a guy like Shelby Harris who really in my opinion has a chance to break out and have a good year Derek Wolf obviously you know a big part of this and and Adam Gottis as well but as I look at this thing and I hear guys like that praise Vic Fangio 
in that way. I think it's it's just hard to see how these guys aren't going to be a very, very tough defense to stop. And that's why I continually have said that, that these national prognosticators who are picking the Broncos to win three, four, five games are just not seeing the absolute power that this defense has. They're just not – they just don't think they're understanding – what this defense is really going to be capable of doing. And because of that, I don't see a path for the Broncos to be that bad. Now, the offense, a lot of work to do. But I think when you bring Vic Fangio, you improve the secondary, and you have you know, a guy like Bradley Chubb making that year one to year two jump, you have a whole bunch of firepower on this defense. And all of that mixed together, I just don't see a way that this team can be bad. All right. We're going to get to your questions, but before we talk about that, we gotta, I got to be you know, a parent here. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth, which everyone needs to do, for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online. Or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. All right, as we move along here, let's go ahead and jump into the questions. Again, Zach out today. Uh, his girlfriend's mom having a heart transplant surgery, uh, which is scary and also amazing and beautiful thing that we can do for people in today's day and age. So again, uh, we're sending all of all of the BSN family and, and all of our power that we've shown that we have over the last few weeks, especially and going back even to Christmas of last year. We know that we we can get a lot of positive energy generated right here within this this podcast. So uh, if you're listening, uh, you know think uh, think of those guys and, and send your positive thoughts that way. Okay, let's get into the questions. And the first one here comes in from FYTB five twelve. Says, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. We got the strawberry sky in the Austin area now. Went out to Specs in Round Rock on Saturday and got me a six-pack for Saturday's glorious high school scrimmage between the Broncos and Rams. Ouch. Ryan, first of all, I'm a simple drinker. I enjoy a Pacifico or Victoria after mowing a lawn in this Texas heat while I'm smoking brisket or ribs, which all of that sounds incredible, except for maybe mowing the lawn. But after trying the strawberry sky, it grew on me in one can sudden, one can suddenly became two cans. And I got to say, pretty damn good cerveza. I'm saving the others for next weekend for my 12 to 14 hour brisket cook. Oh man, brisk, get the brisket on there, get some college football dialed up. Doesn't get much better than that. Speaking of college football, sorry to our Nebraska fan listeners of which I know there are a few. We came out with a pretty sweet shirt today, and I think you guys will be able to take the jab. I did see, like, there's been a little bit of uh, some anger and hostility because of it, but I also saw some Nebraska fans who took it pretty well and said, hey, this is a pretty good troll job. So, anyways, he goes on and said, I wanted to clarify a comment I made because Iceman asked who Kermit the Frog was in Kansas City. Kermit would be Mahomes. His voice is reminiscent of Kermit the Frog, and Andy is the Kool-Aid man. Not sure what you're talking about, but I'm sure someone else does. Now for my Broncos-related question. Last week, you guys kind of teased that with Cravens being out, 
with an illness that there might be more to that story. So it made me think that maybe y'all knew something that would lead to some sort of news. Did I misunderstand what was being said or did you see or do you all see his time with Denver coming to a close? Thanks boys and go Broncos. I can't speak to that because that was our guy Zach's uh, tinfoil hat theory. So maybe we can talk to him when he gets back on the show. But um, I'm not sure exactly what, what's going to happen with Cravens. As of right now, I have him on the bubble, but on the right side of the bubble. Zach and I were joking last week. It's like you've got the guys on the team. You've got the guys who are kind of going to make the team, but they're on the bubble. You've got the bubble bubble guys. You've got the guys who are on the bubble who probably aren't going to make the team, and then you've got the guys who are definitely not going to make the team. I've got him in the probably going to make the team bubble right now. Now, would I be completely shocked if he didn't make it? No, I wouldn't, but I think he's in there or close to it right now. Maybe he'll have to show a little something in that final preseason game um, to to earn that if he's able to play. Broncos Tech, Bronco Techs 70 chimed in and said, holy cow, so glad to hear they have the, the strawberry sky in Texas. I hit up the locator in Breck Brew's website and I couldn't find anything. I have my aunt bringing me some from Denver this weekend. Where in Austin? I live out east but, li- but work northwest near Cedar Park. Sounds like we need a central Texas BSN or get-together. I would love if you guys put that together. That would be awesome. I know the, the Utah guys have the Facebook page, so maybe you can do the same. Next one here is from Bronco Born Bronco Bread. Says, this is just speculation, and I'm commenting early in the pod, so maybe I'll talk about this. But these cuts shocked me. I saw that they freed up $4 million in cap space just a couple days after the Dolphins put Kenny Stills and Kiko Alonso on the trade block. Could these moves be in an attempt to snag Alonso to bolster middle linebacker or get Stills as a stretch the field receiver? Just speculation. They could be, but $4 million is nothing. And that's what really the Broncos have here is $4.4 million or so in cap space. That's nothing. As Zach joked yesterday, that's that gets you uh, Zach Kerr, who you just cut. That's the type of player you're going to get. Alonzo, uh, Stills, those are guys who are going to cost you a bit more money, and I don't think that this cap space would do that unless you were able to restructure them in one way or another or, you know, as we've talked about, which I don't think the Broncos want to do, you could move on from Emmanuel Sanders or Derek Wolf or whatever and free up a big chunk of money, technically Joe Flacco, which they're obviously not going to do that either. That could be an option, but I don't think that's what this is. I think it just happened to be that those were higher paid guys because they were veterans. The Broncos moved on from those guys early rather than on cut day because they wanted to give them a chance, like Vic Fangio said and and confirmed kind of my thoughts on that. Wanted to give them a chance to catch on with another team. Uh, So I don't think this is a cap-clearing move necessarily in the the sense of, oh, let's go get a, uh, you know, a, a another starter I just think it it was a combination of those guys are veterans so they're getting paid a little bit more uh, and they didn't necessarily see their path for really being big time contributors this year they felt good about the young depth and all that led to them letting go of them early so they would have a chance to catch on maybe I'm wrong but that's what it seems like he chimed in and said Alonzo sitting around six to seven million by the way and stills is eight so it's possible it's possible if you were able to finagle some things around and make it happen, uh, but I don't see it. I would love to. I would love to see them do that because both those guys could really help this team. Doesn't look likely to me at this point. 
from Mr. Undrafted. He said, hey, hey guys, with us being short on playmaking wide receivers, what are the chances they sign a guy like Jalen Strong or someone like that? Or maybe trade for a guy on a team's bubble. So Jalen Strong, I mean, he's a guy who's been a disappointment most of his career. I don't know. I mean, you, you have guys in here who I think uh, he wouldn't be that much of an upgrade to what you already have here. You've got Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders. Like those guys, while they haven't hit their stride totally yet, are still guys that have, you know, similar high ceilings. Obviously, Emmanuel ex- excluded. Emmanuel's good. He's He's locked in. Hamilton and Sutton are, are kind of in the same place as strong as really talented guys who haven't quite hit their uh, their stride yet. The other thing, you said trade for a team's bubble player. We know John Lynch and John Elway like to do business together. And out there in San Francisco, they have a ton of wide receiver talent. Now, it's not like the top, top level talent, but they have a lot of players that can play out there. And the one that everyone's had their eyes on out here is Richie James. Why? Because he's a kick returner and a punt returner who can also be a deep threat wide receiver for you. Now, what comes to that? Oh, the fact that he's the starting kick returner and punt returner for the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe if they're, you know, having such trouble that they're, that, you know, picking guys that they're going to let him become available, maybe you make a last minute trade so that he doesn't go on the market. But I I don't know if there's, you know, anyone out there. This is the you know, the problem that everyone has. And it, Vic Fangio alluded it to, to it today. Like, not there's not going to be high-level players who just come in and be instant impact guys just out there or else they'd be staying on their teams. And the other thing he brought up is that he's not too worried about playing like not playing guys in the fourth preseason game so that they don't expose how good they are so that when you try and cut them and practice squad them someone else will take them as he said it would make no sense for one of these guys to go be on someone else's practice squad because they've been in this system uh you know all summer they, they would be starting from square one somewhere else of course if someone else wants to sign them to their active roster well that's a totally different thing but Vic said kind of what I've always said, which is that it's overplayed. Everyone's trying to get their own guys back. Rarely do you see a situation like Kyle Sloter where, where you know, they are able to swoop him up and, and liked him enough to do that. Get a little drink of water there. Next one here is from Chef Adam L. It says, happy to hear that IVs are now mobile. We used to get the IV prep before we left post. All we would have to do is connect the bag of fluids. Then at night or the morning, we would connect the bag and repeat uh tell us more i want to i want to hear more about that story but yeah man that thing was awesome and like i don't even like i i was kind of i thought maybe i'd have like a a little bit of soreness or something where they pricked me nothing felt completely great uh i I would recommend that to to you guys and and i'll I'll probably do it again next one's from ice man says hey boys two updates on breckenridge strawberry sky when they released Strawberry Sky in July 2019, it was going to be a year-round beer, not a seasonal. If you're in Denver, you can quit driving out of state. I don't think anyone in Denver drove out of state. Uh, he says, King Super's on 38th, and Sheridan has it, and if they're sold out, you can get it at the liquor store. And, and honestly, you can get it at Total Beverage, you can get it at Davidson's, any of those BSN partners too. Then you're doing double BSN uh, support there. He uh, continues and said, the listener's band song you close out the podcast with is such a great song. Yeah, that would be uh, the song Reimagined by Phantom Spring. 
Uh, if you guys haven't downloaded it yet or listened to it, it's awesome. It's a really great song with a great meaning behind it uh, from, you know, obviously a sad story. Uh, but, you know, we, we always rally to support our guys. So go download the song Reimagined by Phantom Spring. He finishes and says shout out to Food Brad and his girl Aquaman, Xander, Brandon, Henry, and all the family I did not get to speak with at BST. Uh, Kalfani Muhammad's rushing TD was in the Hall of Fame game. Chad Kelly back in Colorado, not under Vic's watch. Go Broncos. Yeah, I don't think Chad's coming back. Next one here is from Miller Time 58 He says, I came for the content, and I stay for the singing. Damn good singing. Y'all have taken sports podcasts to a new level. Von Miller's left leg would still be better than Brock Osweiler's pep talk on the sideline. <laughs> I wouldn't touch Brock with a 10-foot vacuum tube. Wait, that was Chad Kelly. All jokes aside, I feel super proud to be a part of this community. We're, pr- we're, we're proud and happy to have you. I feel like the, uh, the solo pod isn't quite as, as uh, conducive to singing. I can't have Zach tee me up, really. Or me tee, tee Zach up the other way around. Next one's from Count Flacula. He said, should late night pods be for subs only? Asking for a friend. You know... <sighs> Those type of things have been thrown around uh, in this business a lot. Um, oh, premium podcasts and, and can you put can you should you put podcasts behind a paywall and et cetera, et cetera. We've always felt that these podcasts are a great way uh, of connecting with all the fans, of course, uh, and also you know giving you a more in depth look at who we are, teaching people. Uh, what they might get from BSN if they were to subscribe and that sort of thing. So we've always been on the side of, hey, let's let's keep the pods open to everyone. Now, just doing the late night pods might actually make sense because anyone who's not really part of this community would <laughs> not understand what is happening in those podcasts. Uh, but I noticed that a uh, a I don't know a competitor or a fellow uh, company like that does digital sports stuff is going to do premium podcasts. And I just, I just like the way we do it here. I, I like, you know what, if you really don't want to jump on and, uh, and subscribe to the website and support us in that way, uh, we don't want to exclude you. Although we hope that one day you will decide to jump on and support us um, because of this podcast or just because you really like us or because you really want to get in on the content. But uh, I like the, I like the way that we do things here in terms of including everyone in at least the podcast. All right, before we move along, I want to tell you guys about the good folks over at Weinster. If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult, or if you just really like wine, you have to check out the good folks at Weinster. What they are is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. And what makes these guys really cool is that they're working with the small guys, the little guys, the BSN Denvers of the wine world. Now, we might be getting too big to keep using that. But these are are wines that aren't on stores at the liquor store. You have to hear about these these wineries one way or another. And and you probably won't hear about them if you don't sign up for Weinster. But Weinster's job is to find you the best small wine producers in America, send you the ones that they really like, then you pick out the ones that you really like, and then they send you those with no shipping costs at all whenever you want those again. So it's really cool, and you get to be you know, more of a, a mature adult, or at least you get to pretend 
to be a mature adult. The next one comes in from Cleavers83. He said, just found out I can get Strawberry Sky right down the street from my house. Safe to say, when I get home from work, I'll be having a damn good beer. Or six. That's a good uh, good call there. Damn good beers. And shout out to Breckenridge, as always, for providing us with damn good beers. And there's some cool uh, BSN and Brecht collaborations that you guys will get to see soon. Not Not... Not maybe uh, as much as we could collaborate, but just cool stuff that Breck is helping us out with. Next one here is from Timmy from Sweden. He says, hello and greetings from Croatia. That's awesome. Listening in the pod, in on the pod from another country than Sweden from once. The pod is even better here. Well, for now, we'll call you Timmy from Croatia. He says, anyway, I'm here again talking about the BSN 20 Madden League. Madden 20 League, I should say. BSN Madden 20 League. Still have some teams without an owner. Please, Ryan and Zach, try getting the other pods to make an announcement. Email me at timmyfromsweden at gmail.com if you're interested. We'll begin soon. Thanks, Timmy from Croatia. Oh, he did it too. Okay, so timmyfromsweden at gmail.com. I know I've dragged my feet on this. I'm not. I, I'm just not confident enough in my abilities yet, especially recently. I haven't had much time to play. Uh, but hit up to me if you guys want to get in on the BSN Madden 20 league. We are, I mean, we got 80 of us playing BSN fantasy football. I'm sure there's, you know, enough of us to fill out a league there, uh, in the BSN Madden league. Carpaccio Chris chimes in and says, I like the way you move. And we'll just assume that Zach is, uh, with us in spirit going, next one's from Aquaman. (laughs) He says, not to overreact to preseason, but have your predictions for the Broncos record changed at all? I'm sticking to my 8-8, eight and eight, but now I think 7-9 and nine is more likely than 9-7. and seven. Prior to the season, I thought 9-7 and seven more likely than 7-9. and nine. So you just kind of sh- shaded down a little bit. Here's what I was talking about yesterday. You can't, you can't let these last few preseason games get in your head. And, and it's... I'm I'm preaching that out loud because I have to listen to it too. It, it's it's so easy to see poor football out there and have it kind of just suck away your energy. In fact, I tweeted out a poll about this today, uh, and I'll get to that in, in in a second. But it's so easy to watch these boring games that have no uh, you know excitement about them that are so one-sided or they're just not able to get anything going on offense it's so easy to watch that and just come away thinking man this team isn't very good but you do have to keep in mind that this is a team uh that you're seeing that a lot of these guys aren't going to be out there for for long Uh, you know of the 90 man roster you're keeping 53 and you're probably seeing most if not all of the bottom 30 there so uh don't get too down on this for and look at this i put out this this uh poll has the length and lack of excitement from this preseason negatively impacted your excitement for the regular season 56 percent said no that was the majority but 44 percent of people said yes because this preseason has been so absolutely brutal to watch that i can't necessarily blame people for for suddenly just not being as excited anymore and i think it's a problem for the NFL. I think more teams are going to start going the way of Sean McVay and just saying, we're not playing any starters in preseason. And at that point, you're putting out such a poor product on the field that I think 
uh, you can you can hurt the brand. You can hurt the shield, as they would say in the league office. And and, and I think that's happened this year with the Broncos specifically because of the five preseason games. By the end of this thing, we'll have seen Kevin Hogan start three different preseason games. And I'm sorry, that just isn't getting people excited. It's not getting people hyped for the season. It's not doing really anything positive. 44% of people saying this preseason has negatively impacted their excitement for the regular season. It's something that I think the NFL really has to look into. For me, has my prediction changed? No, I'm kind of right where you were eight and eight, nine and seven. You know, with with a higher ceiling, I think. Um, I don't see a way that this team, with improvements at the, the the coach, obviously the defensive coordinator, obviously the quarterback, obviously you've got free agent acquisitions in the secondary that I mentioned earlier. Bradley Chubb taking a step forward. All those things. I have a hard time. I know the schedule's tough. I have a hard time seeing how this team could only be one win better than Vance Joseph's Broncos last year. I think I think that we're on the right track in the 8-8 eight and eight to 10-6 and six range, and, and that's all going to come down to bounces at the end of it, I think. So I'm not going to necessarily change my prediction, or, or I haven't really changed the way I feel about this team. In fact, I feel better about the defense than I did coming in, probably a little worse about the offense, and, and to me that kind of evens out. All right, Kevin J chimes in and said, just wanted to give Ryan a shout-out because Eric DeLala said he was giving a hard time about how infrequent the neutral zone is. I couldn't stop laughing about the Bradley Chubb level of trash-talking Ryan is dishing out. Damn good trash-talking. <laughs> uh, I, only, I only said that to them because they said it to, to me a little while ago that they uh, weren't very frequent, but of course it's just a playful playful jab there. Um those guys actually do a really good job in the Broncos, um, you know, media department. Uh, everyone from Eric to Phil in the video department, Ben, who does a lot of the photography and stuff like that, Caroline, who does the social, um, Mace, of course, who's a legend. Uh, they do a really good job over there. Alexis, who hosts the show that I'm on. They've got a ton of people creating, you know, multimedia for the Broncos, and they all do a great job. So, yeah, throw a little jab at the podcast, but uh, they I really like all those guys, and they do a good job. Next one's from Sonny Rain. says, Greetings, gents, or gent in this case. It's refreshing to have a head coach that speaks honestly. Here's my question. What type of tell-it-like-it-is honesty uh, – Will the, oh sorry will that type of tell it like it is honesty be refreshing for the players if this season gets choppy or will players come to resent it if the team is struggling can it be more harm than good at certain times I'm sure he knows how to be diplomatic I just think it's possible that he probably hates to have to use that approach um I don't think it can be a negative thing I think of it like any relationship and in as a coach you got to have a relationship with every player and in relationships in many cases are, are alike in many ways and honesty and in, in telling how you feel telling how it is calling it like it is whatever it is if it's honest to me that's always going to be a positive thing in a relationship so yeah if they lose three games in a row and Vic Fangio is telling some guy that he blew it on film well it, it's probably not going to be fun to hear but I don't think anyone wants to be lied to ever and I don't think that's necessarily what you're suggesting here, but I think you realize what I'm getting at. If he's honest all the time, if he stays in that mode where he's not trying to spin things or make anyone feel better or whatever it is, I think players are going to respect that a lot. Uh, we're talking about grown men here. It's not kids. And so I think 
they can handle it. Uh, anything gets worse when you're losing, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. He finishes by saying, on the I Like the Way You Move song, imagine my horror when my son, who was nearly three years old at the time, told the lady at the checkout stand, quote, I like the way you move. I mean, what do you do with that? I was like, hey, don't look at me. Kid's got a mind of his own. Sounds like he's uh, got a future there. That's funny, though. Next one's from Vaughn, father of Tom. It says, when I made my mom's music playlist reference, that was more of an exaggeration. My mom's music is more of the 80s. Okay. Football question. What move could we make to push us over the hump from a possible playoff team to a championship team? Uh, well, I think there's no move. Uh, there's no move right now that you can make. This stuff takes time. I mean, if you want to get crazy, you say, okay, well, you had Patrick Mahomes. Well, now you're a possible championship team. Obviously, that's not possible. Right now, there's nothing they can do, in my opinion, that can make them a possible championship team. The way that this team, you know, makes a championship is is how they exactly, exactly how they did it in 2015. You get a bunch of bounces, go your way, and you get into the playoffs when it's cold and mile high, and you make life a living hell for the quarterbacks that come in there. It's the same formula. Uh, right now, I don't think there's anything they can do. There's little places where they can make improvements, which would obviously help their case. You know, we mentioned linebacker is one. Maybe another what receiver could help you if you were able to get a guy with a, via a trade. But I don't think there's anything they can do right now that can make them a championship team except for at the quarterback position, which obviously can change everything. Next one here is from Nick Geyer, 813. It says, hey, guys, just started reading the book It, and it's pretty crazy. But I was wondering, in that light, what would be your guys' personal nightmare scenario for this season? whether it be Hogan starting all the games or mile high not allowing iced coffee now or the Raiders going 16-0 or whatever. By the way, my favorite part of the watch party was when Zach ordered the fish and chips. Oh, we totally forgot. I think we forgot to talk about that. Maybe we did on the podcast after the game. Uh, yes, Zach did order the fish and chips, and unfortunately they did not bring him vinegar like we all suggested they would. We're going to have to go to like a true Irish pub or a British pub and um, – Order it there to see if we get a more authentic experience. Anyways, nightmare scenario for this season. Well, without being too unrealistic here, I just think it's injuries piling up at positions, and I'm going to touch wood just preemptively here. Injuries t piling up at positions where they have no depth and seeing this team go down a dark road. Because let's be honest, when I talk about not getting too – down on these preseason games it's because these are all you know bottom of the roster at best players but you have enough injuries and those guys are suddenly become your starters you know we saw brian parker starting games at tight end for this team last year those type of things start to pile up and then you really can envision some of these scenarios that these nfl.com guys or whoever in the in the national media is saying you know two to six wins i don't think it's likely but I think it's possible. So for me, it would be, yeah, you know, uh, Kevin Hogan has to start a, a large chunk of games or anything like that would be brutal uh, for this team. And, and I, I think it'd be really, really big bummer for uh, this team to have another down season like that because I do believe they are trending in the right direction. But injuries at the wrong places can, can completely derail that. Next one's from Broncos, guys, 63. Hopefully I'm making this before you all start the podcast. Well, we are a little bit late today, so you're in luck. I know I'm always the guys that said I'm always, I'm always the guy that said we should sign or trade player X, 
But what about Malcolm Smith, who just got cut from the 49ers? His play may have dropped off a little bit, but he has to be an upgrade in our linebacking core. Also, I think it'd be kind of funny to have Flacco and Smith on the Broncos after they both got Super Bowl MVP the same year they broke our hearts. Smith with the pick against the Broncos, and obviously Flacco's crazy OT throw. As always, thanks for your time making this damn good podcast. I don't, I, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see what this team does. I do believe they are looking for linebacker help. Um, I think you know the the combination of injury with the fact that you don't have the perfect mix of what Vic Fangio might be looking for could play a role in here. Uh, but I'd have to look you know more into the player directly to to totally know how to answer your question there. Uh, but I would not be surprised to see the Broncos add someone at the position at some point here. And the final one from Lax Freak. Of course, Jordan Taylor was released today by the Vikings. He says, real quick, Jordan Taylor as our punt returner? Yes, please. No, please. Uh, I like Jordan Taylor a lot. Super nice guy. Not that great of a receiver. And exactly what you can find on this roster right now as a punt returner. Just a guy who can catch the ball. You got River Craycraft. If you just want to go back there and fair catch the ball or maybe get seven yards here and there when the, when the punter hits a line drive, you have that already. His name is River Craycraft. He can do that job. And, in fact, I kind of like River Craycraft, the wide receiver, a little bit more than Jordan Taylor. So that's a no from me on that one. But maybe there is someone out there that this team can add that can be a little bit more electric. I mean, heck, uh, who was the guy here? Uh, Khalif Raymond. Like, even he had a little bit more juice than anything they have on this roster right now. So maybe there is someone out there that they go pursue. Vic Fangio said today he's comfortable with the idea of a guy coming onto the roster only to be a returner as long as he has the talent. So maybe there is a guy out there who falls to the Broncos and they're able to bring some excitement. It would be nice. Otherwise, just keep River on the team, have him go back there and catch the ball. All right, guys. Well, that does it for me today. These are always an interesting challenge doing these one-man podcasts. Let me know how you think I did. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, I should have a co-host tomorrow. I think we're going to continue to give Zach some time to spend there uh, with his girlfriend and and her family. Uh, But I should have a co-host tomorrow. So if you didn't like this, um, then maybe you'll like it a little bit more tomorrow. And hey, I, for one, truly miss Zach's giggle. So maybe some of you haters out there realize the missing piece that is Zach's giggle. Again, we're sending thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, anything, you know, that you do or you believe in to Zach and his girlfriend and her family and especially her mom uh, today. So uh, make sure you do that. And thank you guys for tuning in. And by the way, the very last thing I'll say here is the jig is up. Brandon Spano noticed that camp is over. And so you have until Friday to subscribe using the promo code Broncos Camp before it's gone forever. And you know what? The reason we let this one run so long is because we hadn't done a sale in months. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't do another sale in months from now. So you have until Friday to subscribe under that code Broncos Camp. If you've been dragging your feet, now's the time to stop. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for me today. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great one. It's getting me down.
tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbio Tax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend George to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. SymbioTax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, you know, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out SymbioTax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. Tax.com.